What if I told you that you have a father who is in heaven, whose love is so, so deep for you that even if you were to reject him, even if you were to rebel, even if you were to indulge in evil and run away, he will still chase you down with his love to find you, to comfort you from all that you've gone through and to deliver you ultimately. Brian and sister, sometimes we've gone kicking and screaming, not wanting to be in a relationship with God. But I want to submit to you that he loves us so much that even in our rejection of him, he as being a gentleman will be patient with us, giving us grace and mercy. But the question is, is what will we do? When that happens, what choice will we make? Because ultimately, that choice will always still remain with us. Tonight, the topic is going to be handed over to Satan. There is something that Paul wrote about this that I would like to unpack with you tonight, and I'm excited to get into it because I believe that some of you who are watching here, you may not believe in God. Maybe you do when you have a loved one who doesn't. Tonight, we're going to really think and talk about how God deals with those who rebel. Hey, guys, my name is PD and welcome to Rise on Fire. Hey, it's been a few weeks since I've been live. I actually just came back from South Africa. Um, I was there with my wife to visit some family. We also did some ministry on the ground there. And, and we'll talk about some of that later. That's very exciting as well. But I'm excited to be back with you and to be doing lives more often again. Uh, so if you wondered, where was I? Why are things a little bit more quiet? Well, this is why. And well, let's get back into it. Let's get running. Um, I'm excited. I, I got some rest and, and rest is very important. So always remember that you need to take a time of rest from your labors um, to recoup just as Yeshua did. He oftentimes disappeared to spend time with the Father. And we all do need that so that we don't burn out. All right. Um, anyway, so let's get right into this. Hey, guys, um, I want to submit to you that God is more interested in our redemption than our comfort. Okay, he wants to save us from really ourselves. And sometimes in order for him to get our attention, he will allow things to happen in our life. Hey, if you've ever been through a trial or a tribulation in your life and you were like, God, what's going on? Hey, just write, uh, go in the chat and say, uh, trials and tribulations are real. Just go and write that in the chat because they are. Trials and tribulations happen. They're real and they're even promised. Yeshua said that it is a guarantee that we will have trouble in this world. So if a believer will have trouble in this world, you know, being in right standing with God, believing in Yeshua, what is that to say about those who rebel against him? Paul writes about something here that I want us to all read here. It's in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 1. And we read this. 
it's he's writing about this church of Corinth and something that's happening there, a really severe sin that's being committed. He's saying it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among the pagans, for a man has his father's wife. It's disgusting, right? This is like a crazy thing that's happening here. And then he says, and you're arrogant. Ought you not to have rather mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. Okay. And then he goes and he says, then what is to happen with this person? And he, and he uses language. It's quite, it's very strong and it's kind of confusing the first time we hear it. Like, what does he even mean? He says, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Okay, that Paul, what's going on? How, what is he saying here? Deliver this man to Satan. See, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that when we do indulge in sin, when we do turn away from God, when we when we practice evil works, Paul is talking about some a man like that in the church, and he is basically saying he has made his decision. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's remove him from the fellowship and let's deliver him over to Satan. And what that really means is, is we will put him out of the fellowship and Satan, because this man has voluntarily gone and walked out un, from out under um, the father's protection and under his hand, out under his hand. Now, Satan will have dominion in that man's life. Here's the deal. There's two kingdoms in this life. There is the kingdom of God. There's the kingdom of darkness where Satan rules. And if you do not have if you have not sworn allegiance and if you are not following God, you are following. Satan, like there is no middle ground here. There is no neutral because ultimately that is the God of this world. And you will either worship this God of the world or you will worship the God of heaven and earth. Now, when you have made a choice to rebel against God, God cannot, cannot, you're in this place where you've said, God, I don't want you to have authority in my life. So I voluntarily walk into a different kingdom and now that I have made a decision. And when I leave God's presence, the enemy and his demons, and they're very real, by the way, will have his work in us. We will find ourselves soon very oppressed. We will find ourselves addicted, enslaved to many things of this world in many types of bondages, unfulfilled. We will find ourselves scratching our head, not searching and searching, looking and looking, but never being able to come to the truth until we actually are willing to humble ourselves, repent and say, you know what? I need to return to my father's house. Because ultimately, sometimes it's necessary for us to be outside of our father's house to recognize really the blessing that we had when we were under his house. 
That's the, the story of the prodigal son who went and rebelled against his father's house, went to spend all the money, went to end up, ends up dwelling with the pigs. And then he remembers how good it was in his father's house. Now, those pigs that he was dwelling with is a picture of the pigs that Yeshua met uh, in the New Testament, wherein which he casted demons in. He casted the demons into the pigs. That's an unclean animal where unclean spirits rest. That's the picture. And really, when you think about the prodigal son who dwells with the pigs, what really happening is that he has been in bondage. He needs deliverance because the demons are now actually have found him and are oppressing him in his life. And that is what will happen to everyone. Let me say that again for those in the back. That will happen to everyone who does not follow God, who has walked out from under his protection. They will find themselves attacked, oppressed, and in bondage to demons because de- because they have no protection. They, they do not have the blood of Christ protecting them. And yes, then you ought to be scared of a demon. But if you know God and if he knows you, then the demons are scared of you and you don't have to be scared of them. But... This is what we face. And now think about it this way. It's better to go and dwell with the pigs in this life. If you rebelled against God and experience what that would be like to rather remember your father's house and return there too, than to have rebelled against God, have a good life and never really experience and have a taste of where you really are. Because there is a life hereafter. There is, this life is temporary and there is an eternity that we are faced with. And that eternity is that, that decision you make is irrevocable. If you die, whatever you've decided in, in, in regards to what kingdom you will serve is the kingdom you will be in for eternity. There is no second chance after that. And so it is better to end this life if you decide to rebel and walk away from God to get a taste of the kingdom you're really following, which is the demons that are a part of that kingdom, to rather recognize that and then be able to make a decision as to whether you really want to take your eternity and spend it there with Satan and his demons. See, and in even this, even in our rebellions, even in our walking away from God, even there, God has mercy, his grace. He finds us. He sends us signs. He protects us. He does things even for the rebellious, for those who are unbelievers, for those who who have walked away from him. He does not walk away from you when you walk away from him. He doesn't stop believing in you when you stop believing in him. He still believes in you. He still believes that you have a light in you that he has made, that he wants to ignite again for his kingdom. But ultimately, that decision will rest with you as to what you decide. And so it is so important for us that if we have a loved one, that we pray for them, that we pray for God's protection, that we pray for God to draw their hearts 
But at the same time, when things don't go well with those who have turned away from God, we shouldn't be shocked. And we we should also take comfort. Now, now hear what I have to say here, because, you know, when when something goes bad with someone else, you know, there is really a heartache that I have for that. There is a there is my heart breaks for that. That's terrible. Like, like, truly, I don't want that for anyone. Right. Like like we I want things to go well with everyone. But on the other hand, I do understand God's grace even in this. That if he allowed someone to go through trials because they walked away from him, I see the grace that he is really trying to draw their hearts because sometimes it's necessary for us to fall into a pit in order for us to look up and find him again. And so I don't necessarily just pray that things go well with everyone. I pray that they find God, that they cry out to him and that they turn to him. And sometimes if trials is necessary for that to happen, then let it be. As sad and as as unfortunate as that is, as torn as I am, I recognize that eternity the life hereafter is more important than ha- someone having a comfortable life here. And that's what Paul is talking about, because look at what he said. He said, deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved. So let his flesh, that is the temporary, suffer now so that his spirit that is eternal may live forever and be with the Lord forever. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for being in the chat with me. By the way, at the end of this video, I'm going to be taking like I'm going to be going back through the chat and, uh, and and answering any questions or prayer requests. So right now, if you're watching this in the chat live, as many of you are, go and ask your questions regarding this and as well as any prayer requests. We're Christina's in the chat looking at those right now and we're queuing them up for the end. OK, so. I'm with you guys and I want to hang out with you guys at the end here. I want to just say that when when we think about blessing and 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 trials, I want to submit that like it's a curse to actually be an unbeliever and have a perfect life. Let me say that again, because this is this is going to sound weird the first time you hear it. Like it's actually a curse. It's not a good thing. It's a bad. It, it actually is going badly with you if you're an unbeliever and you have a perfect life where like everything's just going well. That is actually a curse. And it is actually a blessing if you're an unbeliever, you don't believe in God and you experience God's discipline. Because it's his discipline that will draw your heart back to him. I want to read to you Proverbs 3, verse 11. Let's look at it over here. He says this, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. He's saying he he if if you're being reproved, if you're being disciplined, he does it because he loves you. 
because he loves you. Like this is a blessing. It's like a child who is being disciplined by a father, a naughty child who shouldn't be doing what he's doing. His father disciplines him. Why? Because he loves his son and he wants his son to grow up to become righteous and not a uh, uh, you know, a disaster in life. He, he wants that child to grow up, to become someone in society who can live with society and who can live with God and in peace. Now, I want to read also to you Hebrews 12, verse 11. It says here for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Like, do you want peaceful fruit of righteousness in your life? Then you pray to be disciplined. You say, God, discipline me. I want to be disciplined by you. And if you don't believe in God and he disciplines you, then praise him for it because he loves you so much that he doesn't let you go and leave you alone because that would actually be the curse. Now, you know, some people have said, uh, and if you're the, if you're watching this and you don't believe in God, it's like, you know, I don't believe in that stuff. Why would I want to believe in a God that sends people or would send me to hell? Why would I want to believe in a God who would who would who would send me away for eternity one day? See, John 3.16 is this this verse that everyone, everyone probably, you know, uh, you know, whether you believe or not in God, like everyone knows this. Let's read it quick, because here's the thing. People read John 3, 16, but they don't read John 3, 17, John 3, 18, John 3, 19, because we like to stop before it gets hard on the ear. <laughs> right. So let's see what it says. He says this John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. We all know that. But then he says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And he says this, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. See, it's not God who's here to condemn you. It's not Jesus who's here to, who's come to condemn you. He said, I have not come to condemn you. That is not why I am here. He has come to redeem you. The one who condemns who, who is you. You're the one who condemns yourself. If you do not believe in him, you are condemned already. It says like you can be living, you can be breathing right now and stand condemned today because you do not believe in him. Now you can say, well, that doesn't sound fair. Why should I believe in him to not be condemned? Because you have evil works. That's why he said they love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. 
and because of your works, because of what you've done, not because of what God's done, but what if, because of what you've done, you've fallen short of perfection, of walking righteously. You have evil in your heart every day. You've done evil. And yes, your standards may be low. Yes, you may say, well, that's not a big deal. Yes, I watch a little porn, but it's not a big deal. Yes, I gossip a little, but it's not a big deal. No one got hurt. Yes, I, I do this and that, but it's not a big deal. Your standards may be very low, but his standards are not. He, he is ushering in a kingdom of high stature, of high standard, where anyone who is unclean, anyone who's dwelling with pigs, they're not going to be welcome. They're not going to be welcome. And and trust me, that's a good thing. Because wouldn't you want to live in a kingdom where the ones who are there are clean? Wouldn't you want, if the world would be made new, wouldn't you want that new world to be full of people who want righteousness and who walk righteously and who have been cleansed and who have who have said, God, I will I make a, a vow to a covenant to walk righteously. Wouldn't you want to dwell with people like that? That kind of makes sense. Otherwise, we'll just repeat everything that we're living in right now all over again. All the bondage, all the killing, all the deceit, all the greed, all the things in this world will just be in that next world. And what good is that? God is ushering in a new kingdom and that problem, there's a big problem with that because that means that you're not welcome there. And neither am I. Unless... You could be redeemed. And that's why Yeshua, that's why Jesus came so that you can be redeemed. He didn't come to condemn. He came to redeem you. You are condemned already by your own works. And so if you say, God, I I set myself up to follow you, to live my life for you, to give everything up for you. He says, I will make you clean. I will make your sin as far as the east is from the west. I will remember them no more. I will forgive you. And then he says, I will send the Holy Spirit to go inside and live inside of you. That will empower you to make the right decisions, to choose the right path, to follow the light and to walk as one who follows the light. See, I want to submit to you that this is why Paul then continues and he says he ends it off of 1 Corinthians 5 verse 6. And he says, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Because see, you have a little bit of leaven and and all of that becomes puffed up. When you have put leaven in a meal, all of it puffs up. And so leaven representing evil or sin or pride He says, I cannot have that in my kingdom because it will corrupt everything else. It will puff everything else up alongside of it. Bad company corrupts good character. And if you are bad company, you're not welcome. But if you if you cleanse yourself of the leaven so that you're unleavened, that is, you give up the pride you give up the the I need to be right and I need to uh, I want to have my way and I want to do things my way, my way or the highway. I don't want to I don't want to worship God. I don't want to submit to God. I don't want to acknowledge that he is God. I want to go with this other kingdom instead. Then that is the path that you choose. It's not the path he chooses for you. That's the path that you choose. 
And so one day, brothers and sisters, if you're watching this, you know, there's a day coming. It says that he will separate the sheep from the goat. He will separate those who are sheep that are his, that will hear his voice and follow his voice. And the stranger, they do not follow those. He will separate from the rest of the people. Right now, the world is one mixed bag of everyone dwelling together. But he says there's coming a day where he's going to draw a line in the sand and things there. Not everyone will be a mixed bag anymore. There is going to be a group of righteousness and there's going to be a group of evil. And so I guess my question to you is, what will you choose? Will you become like a humble sheep, a lamb who who says, Lord, I will not depend on myself. I will not be hard headed. That's like what a goat is. A goat's personality is being hard headed. It's being prideful. It's trying to do its own thing. It's it's breaking things. It's it's evil. It's sinning. It's evil. I want to partake in my sins. I want to do my things. I don't want to live in a life that is pure. You can make that decision. It's your right. It's your choice. But then you're making that decision and he will put you outside the camp. And so with this, I want to submit to you that if you're watching this and, and, and you're like, I don't know what I, what I should do. Maybe maybe there's something here. Maybe I should just like allow God to do something in my life. See, I want to submit to you that he will set you free and he will deliver you. He's done that for me. He will give you true fulfillment in a way that nothing else can. And most of all, and most importantly, above all, is he will save you so that you will be saved from eternal condemnation unto eternal redemption. And so if you know someone who is in that place, consider sharing this with them, but also pray for them because prayer is so powerful, so powerful. And so even if we allow someone to be delivered over to Satan so that they can see what they are choosing so that they can turn from their evil deeds. Even if that is happening, we pray for them, we intercede for them, we fast, we we ask the Lord to to visit them, to not leave them, to continue to to poke them on the shoulder until they give up and and give their life up and repent and become humble. And, you know, if if you have someone today that you're thinking of right now, I want you to go into the chat. I want you to write their name there. And uh, I want to be praying for some of those people here today. And we're going to I'm also going to pray right now uh, just uh, for anyone who's listening. Uh, Father, right now, Lord, I just pray for everyone who's listening to this, everyone who's unsure about what decision they ought to make. Lord, right now, Father, anyone who wants to give their life to you, Father, I pray, God, that you would come with your Holy Spirit and fill them to the brim. Father, I pray that you would give them new life, that you would put your light in them. Father, I pray that you would give them a sign of how real you are and how much you love them. Father, I pray that you would deliver them from demons, from mental illness, 
from the things that the world has said is permanent. Father, I thank you that nothing is permanent with you. Lord, I thank you. We speak to all illness and disease, whether physical or mental. Now in the name of Yeshua, we speak to depression and we command depression to go right now in the name of Yeshua and suicidal thoughts to leave right now in the name of Yeshua. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now for everyone listening, Lord who wants to give their life to you. Father, I pray that you would come and fill their hearts. Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, come into our hearts. I want you to pray with me. Come into our hearts and deliver us. We give our I give my life to you and I ask you that you would give me new life. I ask that you would give me freedom in the name of Yeshua. Amen. And if you or if you would desire to give your life to him, If you've been praying this prayer, find someone, find a fellowship, find a church, and even you could even write into Rise on Fire at riseonfire.com and we'll be there for you. Uh, So, guys, hey, um, thank you so much for coming into the chat with me here. Uh, I just want to go into there and I want to just read some of the things here. I see Abba's servant here. My only brother passed away on the 18th and I'm grieving greatly. Please pray for me. Okay, so we're going to pray for that. Father, I just pray for Abba's servant, Lord, for his brother. I just pray, Lord, that you would give him as he grieves peace. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would give him shalom, that you would comfort, that your Holy Spirit, the comforter, would be there for him. In the name of Yeshua. Okay, we have Janet. I have some medical tests soon. Please pray for healing before they even happen. I'm in so much pain and my body is weary. So, Father, we just speak to Janet's body right now in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you for healing her body right now. I thank you right now, Lord, for all the pain to leave now as we speak. Father, I thank you for strength right now. Lord, I thank you, God, for whatever is wrong right now to be healed right now in the name of Yeshua. Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for putting new life in our body. Amen. Okay. Um, Petey and Christina, Please pray for our son, Jameson. He is living in rebellion and under a curse. Today is his 24th birthday. He used to love the father and was betrayed and hurt deeply. Okay, Father, we just pray for Jameson. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that as we have been speaking today, Lord, that you would give him, that you would meet him and give him new life and that you would open his eyes, Lord, that all the scales would be taken away. Father, I thank you for letting him see you um, as you are and not through the lies of what he thinks you're like. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would visit Jameson in dreams and that he would just be overwhelmed by your presence and your love. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Uh, Lisa Reen says, 
I needed trials or troubles for the father to wake me up. I am so thankful for that. Well, praise God. That's a great testimony. Uh, I think there are many people, maybe if you're watching this, even and you're in the chat, uh, I'm sure that many of us have gone through the same thing where there's, you know, trials that we've gone through. And that was the very thing that woke us up. Even in COVID, when COVID happened, all the, the pandemic and all that, we saw so many people just, they got woken up like, wow, I need to really consider like the life hereafter because this here, wow, you know, guys, it's fleeting. Yesterday, just yesterday, guys, you need to listen to this. Yesterday, me and my wife, we were driving and the mo one of the most surreal moments of my life happened, and I'm not exaggerating here. Uh, you know, we drove and there was a car. My wife just said, watch out. And there was a car that just came from our left here. They were trying to get over and over drive over the road very, you know, irresponsibly. And we were driving the speed limit, but they drove and they were going to hit us like they, they were like and it was raining and they swerved like the car came and swerved like this. It was raining badly and his, his tires were screeching. He missed us by, I don't know, but something like this. And he was going at a good speed. And then he hit the car right behind us. And, and, you know, we were praying for the, for those people. And we were, and, you know, uh, we still are, but in, in one way, uh, at least he slowed down way more, you know, when he passed us, he swerved out of the way, out of our car's way, he, he slowed down a lot more. So it wasn't as big of an impact then. But, you know, me and Christina, we were shaken and we were just reminded of, you know, how short life is. That could have been it, guys, like that could have been it. And, and when you think about that, how fleeting life is, you have to think about, you know, I can put this off. I can be like, you know, and even if you're a believer or even if you say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. If you were to really perish today and that's it, like, would you be would you feel like, yes, I I lived the way I wanted. I did what I wanted to do. Like, that's a big question. And we have to visit that question often in life so that we do not grow passive or lukewarm. Okay. So I praise God that he he saved us from that. That was an angel right there. Uh, and, uh, you know, the enemy tried something, but, you know, it wasn't our day yet. And I praise God for that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to check out some more of the chats here. Um, Patrick Bixler this one up here. I pray for my wife Palmer for reconciliation and restoration of our marriage. I pray she'll come home soon. Oh, man. Oh, man. Father, I just pray for Patrick and his wife Palmer. Lord, I pray for this marriage to be restored and reconciled. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would come and, and work a mighty work, Father. Lord, I pray that you would um, in both their hearts, Father, just place a humility, Lord, place a a peace and a direction, Lord, for your will to be done. Lord, you said what man has brought together, what God has brought together, let man not separate. Lord, I pray, Father, that Palmer would come home soon. In the name of Yeshua, I mean. Rusty 
similar. Pray for me and my wife. She filed for divorce some weeks back. Father, I just pray also for Rusty and his wife. Father, I pray, Lord, for... And and by the way, you know, I think there's many people uh, listening today who have issues in their marriage. I have a friend, Devolt, as well. I just pray for him. I don't know if he's... I don't think he's in the chat here today, but um, him as well. I pray for all of these marriages, Lord. Father, I pray that they would be restored, Lord, that they would be your Holy Spirit moving Lord, Lord, some of these marriages, Father, some of these situations, Lord, we think, Lord, how can it be restored? Lord, how can it be reconciled? It, it seems beyond hope, Lord. But, Father, what is impossible with man is possible with you. And I pray, Lord, for what is, for even the impossible, Lord, to just be done here. Lord, as we, Lord, we cry out, Lord, for these marriages, for everyone listening with marriage issues. Lord, we cry out for your mercy and your restoration, even if it's been six years ago, I pray for your mercy and restoration. Amen. Um, okay. I'm just having a look here. If I missed anything. Guys, um, just gonna I'm, I'm gonna give it a few more seconds if there's any last ones here. Father, I just pray, Lord, for anyone, Lord, who has family members, Father, who's worried about them. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give the those brothers and sisters who are believers. I pray that you would give them wisdom, knowledge, understanding on how to minister to them, on how to shine their light, on what to say, when to say it. Father, I just pray, Lord, for divine wisdom in the name of Yeshua. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Uh, We do a live stream every so often. And if you want to be notified of when we go live, you can text Yeshua to 94000. That is Yeshua to 94000. And, you know, I want to also just say a special thank you to everyone who joined me in the chat here today, as well as our partners who partner with us and who make these teachings possible. I can't wait to see you guys in the next video. Many, many, many blessings to you and Shalom.